Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer, he's Andy Rossi, and this is the Evolution of Movies show, and we got a show for you, Andy. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Jack. Good to see you. Yeah, good to be here. My voice cracked a little bit on Evolution of <laughs> Movies, but for people who don't know, that was actually our second take, so I say we're running with it. Do it. We got a really fun guest, and we got a really fun movie to chat about. I want to get this uh, party going. Our, this guest, by the way, not only is he a producer of the runaway hit film <laughs> Dead Body, available now on Amazon, but also a chum I met for the first time in Las Vegas going to see <laughs> Britney Spears. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Chris. Chris, how are you? Hey, Jack. Hey, Andy. How's it going? This uh, time we were all together was in Vegas, you know, with the Brittany and our wives, and now it's good to be on the show here with you guys. So. <laughs> Doing something totally different than seeing <laughs> a uh, Britney Spears show. Funny, side, I'm sure no one listening cares, but the funny thing about that whole trip to Vegas is I think we all wanted to be macho going to UFC, and Britney Spears was going to be the, uh, the consolidation prize, <laughs> yeah. but I think Britney Spears was the more fun event. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Outside of me getting super drunk and yelling cyborg over and over again at the top of my lungs. But it was a highlight. I, I remember correctly, Andy, like told me like the weekend before he was going and I'm like, hmm, sounds really good. Last minute, talk to the wife and, you know, use middle minutes, uh, minutes, miles fly right down. And God, what a great time. What a great time. Very fun time in Las Vegas. But Chris, now uh, you are a longtime chum of Andy Rossi's. And like I said, you are a producer for the runaway <laughs> smash hit breaking box office records, dead body available on Amazon. You got to be a, a nut job to have not seen it yet. What are you waiting yeah. for? Tell us some stories about Andy Rossi that will embarrass him. <laughs> Well, I will say that me and Andy, one of the very first things we ever did as childhood friends is actually make movies. Yeah. I think the first movie we actually made was involving wrestling. We basically <laughs> videotaped ourselves pretending to be Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan doing moves, basically putting stuffed animals and blankets all over the floor and, and, and trying to do cool action scenes. And then we moved into actual uh, bigger movies with plot lines pretty much involving Van Damme karate style stuff. And uh, every once in a while, we try to do a magic show with some special effects and <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> if we can find the, these hidden tapes somewhere, I will pay top dollar to see uh, them. I may have them for you, Jack. I may have them. And by top dollar, I'm talking about a Hamilton, baby. Ooh. Uh, let's talk about the show though this is the evolution of movie show and if you've never seen the evolution of movie show or heard the evolution of movie show what it is is we watched a movie then we're now we're going to chat all about it but we call it evolution of movies because we always watch a movie that came out one year after the last movie we watched so we started in 1980 went to 1981 then to 1982 and now we're all the way in the year 2000 which still sounds like the future the for some reason 2000. <laughs> It was a time when movie theaters were filled with hits like Requiem for a Dream, Traffic, and of course, Shanghai Noon. But we aren't oh. talking about any of those. We're talking about Way of the Gun, a movie IMDb describes as two criminal drifters without sympathy get more than they bargained for after kidnapping and holding for ransom the surrogate mother carrying a baby <laughs> for a powerful, shady man, Chris. Had you seen Way of the Gun before, and what were your thoughts going into it this time around? So it's funny, when you guys asked me if I wanted to be a part of the show with the Way of the Gun, I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen that, you know? But the uh -huh. funny thing is, I watched it the other night, and as it was on, I'm like, I think I did actually see this before. <laughs> and I remember the preview looking amazing, and the movie, Meh, you know, <laughs> it's got some good parts and some weird parts, you know what I mean? But maybe I'm getting a little too quick on this part, on, yeah. on uh, interpreting how I feel. So, Yeah, it was definitely like a snapshot of the year 2000 movies. And uh, um, we'll get into we'll get into it because, yeah, the, <laughs> the preview was really cool. I remember Violent Femmes was in the preview for some reason that stands out to me. And I was like, this is such a cool, uh, cool looking movie. I was spellbound. It was a blister in the sun. Do they have another song aside from that? I think it may it may have been or kiss off. No, I don't know. One of those songs. Mm. I don't know. Uh, in any case, it should have been blister in the sun. That's their biggest hit in any yeah. case. 
Andy, Chris, yeah. this is the game that holds the whole show together. Uh, that's not, but we're going to say that. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. <laughs> what we do is we're going to have Andy guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. And then, Chris, you got to guess if the actual score is higher or lower with the movie Way of the Gun, the, the movie that audiences never forgot existed. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what do huh. you think the Rotten Tomato score is? This is ridiculous. We did Deep Blue Sea uh, last time, and yeah. that was like a 50-something. High 50, like 59. And I was bamboozled. Um, my opinion, Deep Blue Sea, better than Way of the Gun. So if I'm going that way, I'm going to go uh, Way of the Gun. It, the only thing that I'm thinking might be a little higher is Ryan Philip Felipe was uh, 2000 Ryan Felipe. So probably got a good rating. Um, yeah, he was on it. He's in his bag in 2000. Yeah, that was that was hot, hot Ryan. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go uh, 40, 49, 49 below yeah. deep blue sea. It's got to be below deep blue sea. Oh, uh, gosh, that's such a good number to go under over on. I mean, it's <laughs> almost right there, in my opinion. I think, though, guys. I think it's below that. Wow. <laughs> below 49. And who, wait, so. before you reveal, who picked this movie? I picked this movie. Okay. Jack just, 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 just making sure everyone and, knows. And I want everyone to know, I'll, I'll just put it out there. I'll, I'll put the grapefruits on the table. When this movie came <laughs> out, I loved this movie. When it came out, I was all about this movie. It came out. Okay. This movie, Andy, you picked 49%. Chris, you say it's below. This movie came in at 46%, oh. which actually Winner. puts it below Deep Blue Sea. It's wow. deeper and bluer, apparently, because <laughs> it is less than Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. One of our lowest ranked movies of the show. Yeah, it deserves it. Uh a very low rate movie. I enjoyed this film. I don't know if it's just because I was reminded of my youth watching it, but I had a good time watching it. I'm not uh, going to lie. As I was watching, I'm wondering, like, what's the reason we're reviewing this movie? <laughs> Jack needed it. I was, I was at that age when I watched this movie where I was like, oh, man, these guys are so cool. Yeah. Living life the way they want. Not taking crap from anybody. Oh, they're awesome. Now, I'm as an adult, I'm like, these guys don't have jobs. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> uh, I've, I've sold out and become an old fuddy duddy. Before we get into the movie, though, let's take a second and say thank you to for everybody who is watching the show on YouTube, listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you could do us a favor, hit the like button, share, comment, subscribe, five star review. Leave us a comment, by the way, on how you uh, consume the show. Do you watch it on youtube do you listen to it on apple or spotify or whatever the case may be let us know i don't know what i'll do with that information but it'd be kind of cool to know uh, yeah. sometimes i need to just stop talking <laughs> no i mean i'd like to know uh um, curious so uh let's get into the movie shall we it starts with a couple of fellas outside a bar that sit on the wrong car and Sarah Silverman talks trash. So one of the guys punches her in the mouth and the other steps on some girl's toes. So the people of the club just beat the snot out of them as Sarah Silverman walks away and our heroes are left bloody as Silverman's nose. For the record, they will now be known as Mr. Parker and Mr. Longbow. Mm. Um, Chris, this is the intro to the show, the movie. I think that this is the most famous part of the movie, just this intro. Uh, but tell us about the characters of the world we are about to live in and the world that they inhabit. Well, first off, this opening scene, I don't know if you guys noticed, they're at a bar. What's the neon sign say? What's it called? Do you even remember? I didn't Titty even know. Twister. It's literally called Dive Bar. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? <laughs> it's like, come on, can we be a little bit more creative than just calling the actual Dive Bar Dive Bar? <laughs> And they're all yeah. waiting in line, like there's like to about to go in a bar, so it was kind of confusing. And you know, then you have Sarah Silverman go on just the dirtiest rant ever <laughs> of just obscenities, which obviously was very amusing uh, coming from her. <laughs> and the fight happens, and 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 it's pretty great, but it's also kind of confusing because you don't expect her to get punched in the face as well, and yeah. you don't really expect them to get beaten up as as it was. And I was trying the whole time to figure out. I, I, I get the setup of the movie because it's interesting, but what does this have to do with the plot in reality other than to show that, <laughs> hey, these guys are just a bunch of losers, you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
<laughs> yeah, I, who, wait, who waits in line for a dive bar? The whole point <laughs> of a dive bar is you just go right in. There's like sawdust on the ground. <laughs> that sounds like a honky tonk bar. <laughs> I, I go to so many dive bars. <laughs> so, Andy, but I so I think if I'm looking at this intro, uh, I as a kid I liked this because there was dirty language. It I, I wasn't a kid kid, but you know mm. I, I was a I was at that rebellious stage of youth where I liked the dirty language. Yeah. I liked the swerve of how they got in the fight. Uh, but a, at the same time, Andy, I, I get that they're showing us that these guys are like scumbags and they don't really care about consequences, but. If they're supposed to be like con men and thieves, what was the point of this? It felt like they intentionally got themselves beat up, but why? I have no idea. And it doesn't pay off the whole rest of the movie. I thought maybe we'd see Sarah Silverman again <laughs> or that guy with the fro. But, but yeah, it, it wasn't it, like a setup to steal a car or anything. I had to like, like, I actually went back to rewatch it because I didn't really understand the purpose of that scene. To show yeah. that they can't fight very well. I don't know. <laughs> they need Van Damme to tag in. <laughs> I wonder too, though, if it's kind of you think of the moment of what the movie was maybe initially trying to be. Um, let's go crazy with the language at the start, make it feel a little bit Tarantino-esque, kind of. But mm -hmm. I don't know if you notice, like after the first twenty minutes, the language kind of—I'm not going to say it levels off, right? They're still seeing the F word a lot, but it's not as creative as it was at the beginning of the movie. So it just, like, like you said before, it doesn't doesn't flow with the rest of the film. For sure. No, I did notice it. I like that you said kind of Tarantino. This did feel a little Tarantino light, um, like mm. the way the dialogue played out throughout this movie and the way they talk to each other and a lot of stuff that happens. It felt a bit like they were trying to be a Tarantino film. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, I don't think it landed in that ca category, <laughs> but I, there's a lot of things about this that felt very much like you could almost tell they were like, Pulp Fiction was cool. Let's do our own kind of vibe of these mob guys and scumbags and hitmen and all and this even, stuff. And even with the cast, too, because I, I, I've i never seen this movie. I don't even know if I heard of it before, to be honest with you. But like once I saw like the names come up, I'm like, I, I knew Ryan Philippe. Is it Philippe or Philippe? I say Philippe. I say Philippe, I say Philippe. Philippe but I, 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 yeah. I bet he would correct me if I I'll just, said that. Too. How about this? I'll just call him Ryan. <laughs> right. um, so Ryan's in it with Benicio Del Toro, Juliet Lewis, James Caan. Like the credits coming in. I'm like, dude, this is going to be Tay amazing. Diggs. Tay Diggs. Yeah. Tay Diggs like, partner. A lot of stuff, but I can never remember yeah. his name. Boiler Room guy. He was yeah. in uh, Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't uh, the writer the guy he did um, Usual Suspect? So I think yeah. like when these actors have the he opportunity did? to be in that yeah. movie, like you think, oh my, this is going to be something that's pretty stellar. But I think he just tried to do too much in one film <laughs> and it didn't really work out. It felt like they over, they tried a little too hard with the right, like even calling the characters uh, Parker and Longbow. This was, I don't know if you guys caught this, is actually a tip of the cowboy hat to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah. Um, and with their names, um, which I think there's some parallels to the movie, but mm -hmm. uh, again, it feels a little bit like they overthought things a little bit here with yeah. this movie. But uh, as we continue on, the movie starts right. This is because that <laughs> opening part was really just sort of a setup. Uh, it felt like, like that was the like had, the opening part. My last thought on that felt like they had an idea and they liked it, but they couldn't figure out how you put it in the movie. So they said, "Let's just throw it in the beginning." <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, well, it, you know what it reminded me of, Jack, is last season we did. Um, uh, history of violence and how that started with like a scene that wasn't quite related to it but it like tone wise was similar it like fit in with the film where this yeah. one I, I felt like tone wise it didn't it was just like oh this must be the little short film before the film <laughs> like it's just weird because i also just I, sorry so I was, I, these guys are presented as not the smartest guys but also not mm. stupid you know like right. they're they're tactical they understand what they're doing like they do things for a reason where that it didn't it felt like they intentionally got beat up by everybody but it never yeah. says says why um so we continue on and uh they try to sound poetic about being off the beaten path and dictating their own fate but really they're vagrants who get by selling blood and semen their own i presume <laughs> uh, but uh, or at least they try to uh while selling some man milk they overhear someone <laughs> talking about a surrogate mom who's being paid by someone very rich that woman is juliette lewis and she's chatting with the future dad and he seems like a nice fella doesn't matter though because parker and longbow are waiting outside the gynecologist's office and in a pretty smooth move to sneak up on the bodyguards uh it works for a second but the guards would rather kill the girl than lose 
The guys retreat, but it's a shootout in the streets. And instead of running, Juliet Lewis makes a break for herself, but ends up in the hands of Parker. And the two scumbags get away as the bodyguards follow suit. The fellas use a series of alleys to make a clever getaway, and Parker lets the guards know that he could have killed them, but chooses not to, instead leaving them for the police to arrest. Uh, Andy, I thought this was a... um, I thought this was actually as far as a heist scene. I thought it was kind of clever how they sneak up on the guards and how it fails, but then they sort of back into a successful way of getting, getting by and getting away from the guards. I thought it was actually, the idea was presented pretty well, if not stiff. Yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. Like even like their mannerisms, like the way they were covering for each other, it was kind of funny. It was like kind of quirky, like how uh, Benicio had Ryan and then Ryan went over and then he had him and like their movements were cool. And then the, the car chase was great. I've never seen a car chase like that where they're literally like the cars almost in like neutral. So it was like, I thought it was cool. It was like a very cool like scene. And like, like I said before, quirky, but Andy, Jack, I got to stop you guys. (laughs) Because here's the deal. (laughs) Are you going to talk about man milk? Well, first off, first off, like I thought as the bodyguards were pointing the gun at him, I thought that was a little unique, right? They got to find a way to retreat. But then they did like the weird, like, all right, one guy's going to put the gun on him and then the other one's going to backtrack. And then the other one's going to point the gun, they're going to backtrack. I'm like, all right, well, maybe it's called the way the gun. They know some cool things about guns and how to, how to retreat. Yeah. And then they go inside and they have a slow speed chase. It's not a high speed chase. They're no. literally putting their feet out <laughs> of the car. Like they're riding a scooter and pushing like a Flintstones. their feet. And get out and to try to confuse. I get you guys enjoy it, that it was unique and different. <laughs> but it was, I'm like, let's just drive it fast. Let's crash into the alley. Let's do, let's get, let's do some, some fun high speed chase stuff, you know? But I it, guess that goes against the typical movie. So who, who it wasn't in the budget. They couldn't destroy these cars. <laughs> That's what it really was. They couldn't rent a street. They can only rent these small alleyways. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't put a motor in it because they were pushing it with their feet. <laughs> so we gonna like full cars are doing that. So we gonna haul ass in these cars? No, no, no. This is the only car we have. Right. Since we're gonna crash it anyways, we got one without an engine. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I thought what they were doing with this was trying to show us that the the heroes like were <laughs> I think quirky was the right word, but like they weren't stupid, but they also weren't the like smartest badass guys in the mm-hmm. world. But at the same time, I don't I, I I guess I just don't get these guys. Like they they kept trying to be very poetic about like I said about like we won't follow society's norms. But it's like you just. Yeah. You're just driving around <laughs> selling blood. Like you're kind of a homeless person. What are you, why are you trying to make this sound cool? Like, what is your point? Like, I don't, and I didn't really, really understand it. And they really went for the F word. <laughs> like yeah. Ryan Philippe's uh, line. Oh, you mean uh, the F word that would not hold up nowadays. Right. Yeah. I'm that like, scene was a little jarring. I'm like, wow, he's really, really <laughs> saying really that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Really that... Can I ask you, Jack, what did you think? of uh ryan felipe philippe's accent because i was i couldn't figure out what it was it was like i don't know what's your guys thoughts i don't think he really Uh, ever figured it out (laughs) i was i'm glad you said because i was watching that and i was wondering is that how he talks or was that how he talks and he fixed it or was he trying because that was that was actually for me the worst part of the movie was the way he would talk sounded so unhuman it sounded it sounded <laughs> like he was talking in a weird way like like he like had a, like a, like it was like a godfather going on it was just it was distracting but then again was it like that combined with like a boston new york thing like it was a toughness to it but i didn't know what he was trying to portray there like yeah that the, his voice was definitely weird to me and like i said i couldn't remember if that's how he normally, because I was watching this thinking literally, is that how he talks? Because he hasn't, I haven't seen anything he's done in like 20 years because he, he was big in like the 2000s and then just sort yeah. of, I think he did a TV show recently, but I haven't seen it. But. He does have like kind of an unusual voice, but he was definitely doing something with it. I almost felt like it was, if you remember Usual Suspects, Benicio Del Toro has like a great kind of yeah. accent he does in that. So I almost felt like Ryan Philippe is like, hey, you know, you did that last time. I'm going to do it this time. And then yeah. they went, hmm. 
the thing We're that already I didn't this like, far. The one thing I didn't like about Benicio del Toro in this one is what was the gray hair? That, yeah. I because I, I was thinking he looks like they're trying to make him look old, but he's not an old guy in this. Why are they giving him like that wasn't real gray hair, right? It couldn't have been, right? I don't think he's, so. He's I was lived a hell of a life. How old he actually was during the filming of that? Is he like significantly older than Ryan Philippi? I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough to call. Yeah, their relationship was never really explained. Uh, yeah. And I didn't think this the first time through, because again, I was just younger. But then that opening scene where they are using the F word, the other F word, yeah. it, it made me actually start to think like, are they in a relate? Like, do they have a thing? Like, because they live, to, like, they travel, they live their life together. And so I was like, wait, is there a. <laughs> They're dropping off semen together. <laughs> is there an underlying thing between them? Because they never explain what their relationship is, how they met, what their, their deal is. And so. Yeah, the whole time I was wondering, as a kid, again, I was just like, oh, they're rude and <laughs> shooting people. Yeah. But now as an adult, I'm like, doesn't seem like a good career path. <laughs> and they found out that plan very easily. Like, who talks that loud at like a... a, a <laughs> what do you call that place? You've never been to a semen store. <laughs> yeah. at the same, They're at the semen store and people are like, oh, yeah, there's this million dollar deal going on. Like this, like... And remind me, didn't... Did it happen at that moment, like 10 minutes later where they did this or did they come back? Like, I don't, did they show that? I don't, I don't know. It's like they heard it and then they were like, at going to get their guns and let, let's do this now. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't think they finished the job. Um, so, uh, <laughs> that's the start. We now have <laughs> Julia Lewis is now in the hands of our, our captors. Mm -hmm. uh, Long uh Longbow hangs out with the kid in a soup and with a kid in a supermarket and they watch birth videos while Parker calls the gynecologist to help with the pregnant hostage. He says they've got six days until the baby's born and lets the fellas know that the adopting father, Hale Chittick, is actually a very dangerous man. Meanwhile, Chittick is on the phone asking if he can just pay the ransom, but the answer is no for many reasons. Uh, while this is going on, Abner puts a bunch of guns in a pillowcase <laughs> and plays some Russian roulette. Turns out he's the last name on a list of people that Joe needs to help him out. Uh, Chris, I don't know why this cracked me up. After he plays Russian roulette, he asks him, are you busy? And he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, that so just weird. cracks me up. What a weird <laughs> so person. Weird. <laughs> I'm a little drunk. <laughs> It's uh, a, it's such a silly scene. Um, I'm like, all right, this guy's down on his luck. He's ready to end it or he's ready to consider ending it. And then he's like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'm ready to do it. And and, and the funny thing is, if you notice, like, I, I don't want to get to the end, but like every character at the end in the big shootout is just another old guy like that. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. There's so many. It was just like a bunch of old white dudes in this major shootout at the end. It was like. Yeah, are these all James Con buddies like like Listen, getting I, invited to be part of the movie? Or? I was I was gonna save the joke for later, but since you mentioned, I was thinking instead of going out and shooting, they could have just hung out for a little bit and waited for them all to die of old age <laughs> before they went out there. <laughs> Wait for it. Actually, now that I think about it, this is an old movie. We might be their age now. I don't want to oh, make fun. The oh, more geez. the the longer I go, I look back at some of these movies. I'm like, they're so old, and then I look how old they are. Like, oh wait, that's there. I'm I'm scarily close to how old this old man. <laughs> Tommy Lee is. Jones is so old in Men in Black. Oh wait, oh wait, I'm closer in age to him than Will Smith. <laughs> uh, but this I don't think is, it's true. I don't think that's true. But this is really oh no. yeah, I'm like no. 25, <laughs> like 25, <laughs> like 25, almost even, 25. I'm not even sure my own age. Um, <laughs> But the uh, this is where we sort of start to flesh out a few of the other characters um, with the the doctor and the father. Now we know is actually a very dangerous person, and I don't know who Abner is at this point. Uh, we always find out, but for some reason, I love Abner because he's such <laughs> such a loser. Bravo on you! I don't think I knew one person's name. I'm like James Con, <laughs> guy that tried to shoot himself. Well, yeah, what, is Abner the doctor? No, no Ab Abner's the one that tried to shoot himself. Oh. The old man. <laughs> we just talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the doctor, I don't remember his name. I, he's doctor. doctor. And Juliet yeah. Lewis is Juliet Lewis. Yeah. Throughout, the rest of my, <laughs> yeah. throughout the rest of my notes. The other ones I paid attention to. Uh, well, no, there's a few people who go by the state. <laughs> Tay Diggs is Tay also. Diggs. <laughs> Tay Diggs. And, and the other guy. And Tay Diggs' partner. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and can we talk about Tay Diggs for a second? I love Tay Diggs. He's one of the most like charismatic actors in this movie. He's like he. I almost thought he was like a robot. He was just like just just down to business, never smiley, never joking around. He's just like I don't know. Yeah, then, like he, he had zero personality, which maybe you want in that type of character, but like it wasn't memorable. He wasn't tough. He wasn't weak. He was just like yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I'm, I think they were going, I think in his case, they were particularly going for emotionless because they do make a reference to him being emotionless uh, later on in the movie. But I think that's kind of the problem with all the characters is I, I feel like when they made this movie, they wanted everyone to almost seem emotionless and, and unsympathetic as even the description says, but it makes them all just feel uninteresting in a yeah. lot of ways uh, instead of interesting. Cause they all have that sort of, like, yeah, I'm here to get money and kill people. And I'm not, I, I think it was an idea that I think on paper probably sounded really good. And then when you do it, you're like, oh, this actually isn't working very good. <laughs> this isn't interesting. Because, uh, yeah, none of them really had a character that jumped off the screen, except right. for uh, Abner. <laughs> i remember abner's name because i was like that he is 100 percent an abner yeah that, yeah that makes sense that is his name abner 100 um but yeah this is where we're starting to see that the the kidnapping is a bigger deal than the the fellas thought it was this mm -hmm. is a bigger issue than everyone thought it was going to be uh he's not just a rich guy but he's actually a mob guy um and not really a whole lot to take from there as we continue on. <laughs> I had to break it up somehow, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, um, did you guys recognize who Hale Chittick was from? Yeah, wa Walking Dead. Okay, yeah, good. Because I was watching him like, you know, he looks so familiar, but his voice was just so, like, boring. Because I remember in Walking Dead, he had a really unique voice, didn't he? Mm -hmm. It was like that old Southern. Yeah, and then yeah. he was just like, in, in this movie, he was just like, hi, I'm, I'm <laughs> Hale Chittick. You know, Troy like, McClure. But I couldn't like yeah. pinpoint it at first. I had to look it up and yeah, walking that it was pretty cool to see him that way. Ironically, I saw him. I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. What's he in? And I, I looked up on IMDb. I've actually never seen Walking Dead. I've never I don't know what he's or I know him from, but he looks super familiar. In any case, <laughs> fascinating story. Uh, <laughs> read cool. my book, read my cool. biography. <laughs> uh, so Parker and Juliet Lewis are getting cozy, and Longbow doesn't seem happy about it. Oh, before I forget. I don't know why Longbow was hanging out with the girl in the grocery store or whatever. It seemed a little weird that he was like chumming up to this girl who seemed like she was a kid. I didn't get that. No idea. It was weird. Anyways, <laughs> during that time, Par Parker and Julia, I feel like this review is going to be a lot of like uh, in Dumb and Dumber when he goes, big gulps, huh? <laughs> well, anyways, see you later. See you later. <laughs> yeah. This was like four movies in one. So. Um, so Parker and Juliet Lewis are getting cozy and Longbow doesn't seem happy about it. In prison, Joe uh, shows up and says he's the bag man for Chittick. He wants to kill the two guards, but Chittick wants to keep them. And the guards realize that Joe is the one that picked Juliet Lewis uh, to be the surrogate. And that's why he won't believe she ran away from the guards in the first place. Tay Diggs says that from this point forward, only the child is important and Juliet Lewis is as much of a threat as the fellas are. The doctor tells Chittick what's going on and it's revealed that the doctor is Chittick's kid, I believe, actually. Now that I think, I don't know if they actually said it, but it was heavily implied. Uh, and yeah. the doctor hates everything. The guards negotiate with Longbow over the phone what the ransom will be during this. And after the call, Joe has found Longbow and they negotiate yet again but both of them know they can't trust the other one. So lots of talking and, and going back and forth with different things. And we're kind of picking sides here of, of, of different, uh, different angles are coming in on all this. And again, everyone, I, this is where I think they were trying. Andy, I want to go to you because I know you're a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, yeah. especially in this interrogation room. And when, when Joe is talking to the two, I just call them the, the bodyguards because I don't really know what else to call them. Yeah. Um, they're having a conversation and they're doing the rapid fire quick back and forth, like witty stuff where there's like no realistic time to even as a viewer, you're like, I can't follow what you're saying. You're going like, you're yeah. responding too quickly, but I feel like that's a good example of them. You could tell they're trying to get that witty dialogue that like Quentin Tarantino always has, but it felt like this felt a little too forced and like adjudicate. I don't, who says that? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was all just, 
I don't know. I, I did like James Conn in this, so it was good that he was in there because I, I enjoyed him going in there and, and talking with the boys there. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, I just kept going. So when when is everybody going to start shooting each other? Like, like I was just like, kind of like, all right, all right, you know, let's let's get let's get to it here. But I guess you got to get some of that plot just so there's a reason for everybody to shoot each other. I it's crazy to me that this whole thing is all just because of Juliet Louis, Louis, Julia Louis, Julia Louis, Julia Louis Dreyfus. She's in there. George Dance. <laughs> Juliet Lewis's baby. Like this is all because of this baby. So, and yeah. it's not like it's like a alien baby or like a kind of evil baby. It's just a baby. And it's just like, everybody's going nuts over it. It's just kind of crazy to me. Chris, what I liked about this uh, this scene is there's a moment where they're driving with Juliette Lewis, and she does something that they do in movies all the time when they're driving. And she's sitting backwards, like her back is facing the front of the, of the car. And they do this in movies all the time. I don't know if I've ever seen someone actually sit that way in a car. It seems wildly uncomfortable. Why are they always doing this in movies? I don't know. I think it's just something different. I'll be honest, this part of the movie, it took me two days to watch this, guys. <laughs> I think I dozed at that part, and then I may have restarted and kind of missed that part. So, <laughs> God, I'm not fulfilling my duties right now with the backwards sitting action. I apologize. Well, it was a very unimportant scene. I was just seeing it, and I was like, why would you sit with your back against like a center say. console? I don't remember that either. <laughs> oh. well. I, there was one part, though, that I did enjoy during this part was when, and Jack, stop me if, if we haven't gotten here yet, but I'm pretty sure we did, when Tay Diggs is talking about the $15 million. Is that during this, this That's scene? what, yeah, he's on the phone, and he does yeah. the fake, like, that's so I, much money. Yeah. What? I, I thought that was great, because at first, I'm like, what's going on with Tay Diggs? He's like a bad actor. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, he's doing a thing. And like, yeah. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed that part. What I did like about, I, I think Longbow, uh, Benicio Del Toro was my favorite character um, in this yeah. movie in a lot of ways. And I, cause I loved how sort of careless he was about everything. And one of my favorite bits in this part of the movie was, I think Tay Diggs said something about like, how do you expect to carry all that? You know, this isn't a good plan or something. He goes, well, we're new at this. I like that he didn't seem to like no he didn't really seem to care. He almost seemed too lazy to uh to care about much. But yeah. um outside of gunfighting, he seemed to be a John Wick when the gun came out, but everything else he was just kind of like, eh. Yeah. So uh Chittick and the doctor talk about how they can't do what's right, which is just pay the money and get the, the child back. And Francesca and Tay Diggs show that they have something going on between them. Yeah. And Francesca says they earn, she's earned the right to be a mom. And someday she could have one with Tay Diggs naturally. Also, if anything happens to Juliet Lewis, that's totally fine. They get <laughs> that gets Tay and his pal talking. If they need, if all they need is the baby, they could kill the two heroes, keep the money kill the girl and the doctor and bring back the baby saying everything was fine. However, Francesca overhears back in Mexico, the two bagmen are talking, Benicio and uh, Khan are talking about the different types of killers you run into in their business. And Joe ends the conversation with an emotional plea telling Longbow to get out of the business. But Longbow says he can't trust a bagman. Joe tells Abner to watch the fellas and Longbow gets back to the heroes and sees yet again, they're all getting chummy and he doesn't like it again. So he plays a game with them called hearts, in which case the game is all about not having any. Yeah. So. Hey, Andy. Wait, can I, can I bring back something really quick? Yeah. Hey, and Francesca. Yeah. What yeah. You notice when they kissed, it was kind of like one of your first twists, like, Ooh, like, scandalous yeah. Did you notice what she was eating while sitting on the couch and oh, watching the ultrasound on the television i love already i love how you fell asleep multiple times you've <laughs> noticed all these things that flew right over in andy no i have no idea what was he eating? fruity pebbles <laughs> she was eating she had a big platter of shrimp cocktail she's <laughs> eating shrimp and then she makes out with tay or gives him a big kiss and huh. you know tay has your reaction i don't know if my wife was just pounding shrimp cocktail <laughs> and just surprisingly gave me a smooch or something. I'd be like, eh, you know, what are you doing? You know, it's these little <laughs> moments that I notice 
<laughs> the backstory is Tay Diggs. It's, it's the weird little things, you know. Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs loves shrimp. Is the backstory. <laughs> he actually doesn't like Francesca. He just wanted to taste that shrimp. Uh, and is this that is Gordon's? Gonna, this is this is going to be something that you appreciate of me because I'm consistent. Yeah. Tay Diggs and Francesca having a relationship, and Francesca overhearing them talking about getting rid of everyone except the baby. Plays zero point in this movie going forward. <laughs> I think that happens quite often in this movie. I mean, starting with the beginning of it, like Sarah Silverman never returns. And yeah. uh, this this doesn't matter at all. Literally the guy trying to shoot himself in the head. No one ever brings it up like, hey, man, how's your mental health? Like nothing. Well, I will say, Abner, I think it was a character development bit. I think we're showing that he was not the most reliable, not not all there. I'll give I'll give old Abner. Okay. I'm gonna defend old Abner. Abner's yeah, my like Abner's that. my Abner's my boy. I'm not Abner, gonna let you Abner slander Abner. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, Chris, never once does Tay Diggs go. Well, you know, Francesca and I got something going on, or I can't let the boss find out what's like, yeah. Or there's never like a hidden love note or something. It's just... He's a robot. <laughs> that's it. Well, yeah, he... The very last scene in the movie, wasn't there? There was, but that doesn't feel I know, like it really matter. I'm jumping ahead, but there's connection there, I would say. Possibly. Nah. I'll tell, I'll tell you why that doesn't matter when we get there. Okay. I'll tell you why. You might have to remind me, though. <laughs> I'll say, though, I do want to say I love the relationship between uh, Joe and Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. Uh, and that like, hey, we're, yeah, we're both uh, we're both terrible people and we know it, but eh, we're safe for now. So let's just hang out and chat about being terrible people. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, that's two really great actors, too. So I was I was kind of like I could have gone for more of them, maybe maybe concentrate on them a little bit more. But, you know, uh, there were you a, uh, there were a few things. Um, so we uh there's, I love the line uh, from Joe at this point. He slams the doctor against the wall and he says, um, no, that was a different part of the movie. You knew that was going to happen, though. At one point, James Kahn was going to throw that wimpy doctor against the wall. It yeah. was just bound to happen. I oh, it's in, his it. it's in his contract, I'm sure. That guy perfectly cast, that doctor, whoever that guy is, is amazing because he plays like the total wimpy, like, you know, it's just like you get cast and it's just like, you're going to get picked on by everyone. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I figured. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. So first off, I was going to say this is where we find out that she she did it for a million bucks, but she's not artificially inseminated. It's her own baby. Uh, yeah. But we don't know. Uh, oh, and it's she said she does say it's the doctor's baby, mm -hmm. um, which changes that dynamic. And then um, Dr. Painter. That's his name. Uh, oh, no, he's just doctor. That's, <laughs> that's his name. He, he did not earn a last name in this movie. You got to earn a name in this movie. Uh, but uh, I thought there was a good line where uh, Benicio Del Toro says, uh, guys want to be criminals more than they want to commit crime. And uh, mm. then Joe says, that's not crime. That's the way of the world. I mm. thought that was very interesting in our social media fame society uh, as an old crumpy man. I'm becoming <laughs> Joe. Um, but there are a lot of opposing forces we're seeing. Well, you might have been the same age at, around this I, time. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I'm Joe's age now. Um, that's one thing you know about a beaten down old man. I'm a survivor. That was another line. In the oh, movie. yeah, that was good. There's a lot of lines that felt very shoehorned in because they sounded nice. Yeah. <laughs> so they, it felt like a lot of the dialogue, they had a bunch of like one-liners and then they uh, backwards constructed the di this, the dialogue to fit their one-liners. This happened. movie this movie as a trailer would have been great. <laughs> well, it was a great trailer. Oh, it was a great trailer. That was like yeah. what sold I me bet. on the movie. Originally. I bet. I'm ex I can't wait to watch the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch it right after this. Hey, what did you guys think of, um, you know, and it was at this part of, I mean, it was all, all through most of the movie other than the opening scene. Like, did you find the music to be distracting? Because I felt this movie could have been a lot better if you just changed the soundtrack to it a little hmm. bit. It was almost like they were trying to include like a, like a film noir type, like sound effects and, and music in, in something that should have been, I, I felt you could have put in some cool, I don't know, rock music or heck when you're in Mexico, I mean, do some of that fun. Yeah. You know? I, I, that's, that's what I'm telling you. If you had like Robert Rodriguez or Quentin Tarantino, it felt like if they were the producers on this and sort of overseeing it, it would have come out as it. Cause I think the idea is is interesting. Uh, I think but, it would have changed the movie, to be honest. Like I think the movie would have had a totally different feel to it. 
Even with the weird stuff that never connects the dots. (laughs) (laughs) And boy, there's a lot of dots that aren't connected. (laughs) Um, But uh, back to bad guys base, the tensions between Joe and the guards continue to grow when Joe lays out his plan to deal with the heroes and Tay gives the news that Chittick doesn't trust Joe. And with this and Chittick is uh, trust Joe with this anymore. And Chittick is going with a combo of both Tay Diggs and Joe's plan. This doesn't stop the bodyguards as they decide they're going to take out Joe now, but something is going on there regarding the special conflict between Joe and Juliet Lewis. In Mexico, Parker tells a story about killing a child molester, and he says he's having a crisis of conscience about taking the baby from the mother, and Longbow says, okay, let's go. But in going back to get his jacket, she shoots at him and calls the police. They decide to just bail because Longbow's jacket was on the van's mirror the whole time anyways, and the cops show up to pick up Juliet Lewis, and just as just at the same time as the guards do, Abner also shows up, uh, as does the doctor, and we now have the guards, the cops, the doctor, and Abner all arguing when suddenly Longbow starts sniping everyone, and Tay, without his partner, it's so funny calling him just Tay without Tay. That's yeah. weird. Uh, without his partner gets away with the doctor and Juliet Lewis. And much to the surprise of our heroes, they're not headed back to the States. They're headed South. And Diggs says he's going South to avoid going through the gunfire. And they're off to somewhere safe. Joe and Abner are in pursuit and the good guys are torturing the guard that was shot. Chris, I want to ask you, at what point did you realize that Juliet Lewis was Joe's daughter? Because when the first time I watched this, I didn't realize till the end. This time, it felt very much like watching The Sixth Sense, where they beat you over the head with it the whole time. And so I'm, I'm just curious, as an adult, when did you realize that Juliet Lewis was his daughter? I'll be honest, I didn't realize it until he walked into the room when she was going through the C-section, and he kind of gave the stare, and that's kind of where it hit me. And uh, I, I, I still wasn't 100% sure, I'll be honest, but I'm like, <laughs> I think that's what I'm supposed to think about that. They're, they're trying to say, Hey, that's gotta be her daughter, uh, his daughter. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was the moment uh, that I, that I, that I thought that uh, he was the dad. So. Okay. Well, that's good. Now I don't feel like uh, my younger self doesn't feel like an idiot. Cause yeah, this is very sixth sense watching it back. Like, Oh, clearly like that's the whole thing. They keep talking about this special <laughs> conflict and he chose like all this stuff was happening. I was like, Oh, duh. I thought Chris was going to say, I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Andy, when did you uh realize? Same. I was the same. Yeah. When he okay. walked in the room, I was like, oh, okay. I think okay. he, but then he left. So then I was even more confused because if he was the dad, wouldn't you stay and make sure the daughter's the, the, okay? The badass doctor kicked him out. <laughs> yeah. No way you could beat up that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, but shootout, this... the shootout was awesome, though. Like, I, we're I not really to the shootout the yet. Hold I, on. I mean, we got no, one more thing. No, we, we are at the shootout because it's, oh, it's uh, when, when he's sniping people. That's the There's sniping. A okay. The sniping. The sniping. <laughs> we're at the sniping. Okay. okay. Yeah. Good sniping. The we're thing I noticed the most, gun. though, there, there's guns gun everywhere right there's gun, there's gun everywhere there's gunshots <laughs> everywhere uh benicio sniping like it, it's chaos yet juliet lewis who's pregnant is like ah, ah. she's just like in the middle of gunfire i'm like girl get get in a car like she's like out in the in the open for like a really long time you know what, those what's up juliet she's like a she's like a shoot like in a shooting range where like you have the thing you're supposed to shoot and then randomly in the middle of all the violence there's <laughs> yeah. the one that pops up you're not supposed to shoot <laughs> you know that's her she's like just yeah. jumping in front of people <laughs> yeah. like, wait <laughs> uh yeah this is where the connections between everyone developed though and we start to see that like everyone has their reasons for wanting this to all go down a certain way uh, but not uh, particularly the same as everyone else. Uh, th- this is one of my favorite lines, and it was when, uh, after Joe had been talking, James Caan had been talking for a little bit, and Tay Diggs sums this movie up very well with a line, <laughs> and he says, as a collector of pre-war cop jargon, I find the old man refreshing. Because <laughs> it feels like this whole movie is filled with just these, these phrases and words that don't, like no one actually talks this way. Right. But yeah, uh, we're trying to be like shortly after there's a gunfight with nothing but old men. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's get into that. I'm so glad you noticed. 
<laughs> yeah, I was watching this. I was like, this is like this, the senior home. Why did they come here? Such a unique idea, though, because there's so many movies that it's just like, oh, it's all the it's the cartel, you know, all the cartel guys. It's yeah. like, get out, get out the AARP guys. I, I think I think they were. We'll 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 get we'll 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 get to that. Let's let's get to the end here. Uh, let's get to the last roundup spot. So oh, we're screwing it up for Jack. He's getting yes. frustrated. But the ending, the ending, Jack. If we jump ahead, we're gonna miss the whole thing. Uh, all the roundabout things that don't matter, and we end the build up. But uh, at the safe house, I'm guessing Juliet Lewis is suddenly on her own about to give birth roaming around and a woman tells her to get lost and some dude drags her back to a room where the doctor is. I don't I don't know how this all got set up. She's just here and it's happening. Uh, the doctor says they need to do a C-section and then he admits it's not Chittick's baby, but Tay says that he's taking that baby out. Abner dies alone and the heroes show up all gunned out. Things go from zero to a hundred real quick. And the shootout starts. The hotel owner gets shot by Diggs and Diggs gets shot in the throat by the doctor yeah. while a small army of bagmen roll in the duo <laughs> fight the bagmen. As we learn the connection between Joe and Juliet Lewis, the fellas see the money sitting in the middle of the courtyard and know it's a trap, but they say, let's go for it. And if we die, we die alone. They go for the money, and it's a rain of lead. Parker jumps onto broken glass and grabs one of the bags of money. Longbow tries to cover him, but there are just too many people. Stuck in the courtyard, Joe shoots them both in the leg, takes the bag of money, and calls for an ambulance to help deliver the baby. The heroes tell Joe the baby is hers and the doctors, and Joe leaves the baby, Juliet, and the money. Parker says he won't accept natural order, and Francesca tells Chittick she's pregnant, but you have to wonder, is it with Diggs' baby? Now, Chris, yeah. I, I don't think it matters because Diggs is dead. <laughs> who cares? Like, what? The, the whole story, what, what, who cares? I don't, well, I don't, I don't. But it has to be take Diggs' baby because otherwise they wouldn't be trying to buy the baby in the first place. Yeah, but I mean, if it is, a twist. I don't it's like a twist. Her. I they don't like, twist in this movie for no reason. I don't like I don't like her or Chittick. I don't care if they have horrible things happen. They never made me care about either of them. So what, yeah. whatever. I hope their marriage falls apart. They're terrible people. Uh, in any case, the gunfight I thought was fun. I yeah. loved Andy. Talk about this when Ryan Parker in this movie mm -hmm. jumps into the well and yeah. it's full of broken glass. Yeah. That is one of my favorite parts in the movie. So that to me is when the movie starts. That's when I'm like, <laughs> all right, here we go. I'm in. <laughs> I get it. Like an he hour jumps in. 45 in. <laughs> he gets when the glass. He jumps in into that fountain. Like, I'm like, what's in there? And then yeah. you just see the glass and then the slow motion. Yeah, he pulls just it out. Pulling it out. And I had to turn away. It was like one of those ooh, like worthy <laughs> moments for me. I was kind of thinking during that scene, like, I'm like, I really like think this movie could have been great if they just concentrated on Benicio and uh, Felipe and just kind of like this went based on them. Like, I don't know. I throwing all these other characters, I think just threw the movie all over the place where these two guys were interesting. I wanted to know more about their relationship. And uh, Felipe was cool. Like you actually like felt a little bad for him when he grabs the, the sack of money, which I thought they did a great job of showing how much money that is. Cause you know, in some, right. some movies they're like $1 million and it's in like a little, like a jewelry <laughs> box. So this was like, this was, this felt realistic. That was a lot of money in those bags. Um, but yeah, you actually kind of felt bad for him. You got shot in the leg like a few times, right? Yeah, yeah both of them did. And uh, they, they let him live. I remember watching this movie thinking, Oh man, the good guys lost the first time. Like, Oh, the good guys didn't win. That sucks. And I realized no, actually, the right person won, if you think about the motives of everyone involved. Yeah. Um, Tay Diggs getting shot in the throat was awesome. I was not yeah. expecting that. Because they did foreshadow a little bit of that, where they, they Jack loves the foreshadowing, because they had yeah. the, the gun in the bag that they noticed earlier. So you, as a viewer, go, oh, there's a gun in his bag. And then really yes. quick, doctor, throat yes. shot. I, I, I forgot that happens. And then I watched this. And I was like, yes, a callback. <laughs> Did any of you guys at the start of the gun scene, right? Guns are blazing. They're just shooting forever. <laughs> and there was like a moment like, when are these guys going to reload? It felt like unlimited bullets. <laughs> but the moment I thought that, then they started reloading. It was like, oh. it was like 
almost the director knew like, all right, we, we can only take this so far before <laughs> someone like dumb, dumb Chris is going to ask that stupid question. <laughs> they have that in the, in the writer's notes, dumb, dumb Chris <laughs> right here. Hey, dumb, dumb Chris might watch this. We better you know, reload. As we're talking about Tay Diggs in this scene and, and I'm thinking of those guys and we talk about like how characters and, and not being robotic is so important. I mean, I, we com I've compared it to Quentin Tarantino a lot. Now I was thinking, if you replace those two, it's the same, the whole thing's the same. However, you replace those two with uh, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson from uh, Pulp Fiction, the same mm. character, same suits, you know, they, they work for a mob boss, same guys. Even that makes the entire movie feel like a different movie and like Absolutely. a cooler movie. Uh, yeah. Cause they're not just robots. They, they, you know, they're cool. They do things instead of just, we will adjudicate and yeah creative articulation like, like no yeah. one's, no who says this who and benicio benicio is so cool like even going from usual suspects where he's just unbelievable and then just being in this where you're kind of like and then he just does he he trusts james con at the end he, he doesn't shoot his gun and then he gets shot i'm like what it's james con he's always gonna get you i thought so. the gun was out of bullets i thought he wanted to shoot james con could have out thrown of it at him Big hand talk hand. for a guy who's not in the middle of a corral. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a corral? You could have taken James Conn. <laughs> Were any of you slightly uh, confused when the, the Ghostbusters car pulled up at the end? It was just the ambulance. But I was like, huh. I guess I didn't realize because I'm an idiot. I know it so much as Ghostbusters car, but that's what ambulances look like. And obviously ambulances in Mexico in the year 2000 how great would it have been if it was the Ghostbusters and they zapped everyone and we found out they were all ghosts this whole time? Like, oh, no, that would have been <laughs> That's good. a good twist. That would have been a twist. And we why were the know. paramedics just there then? Because earlier the doctor tells Tay Diggs, like, I can't do this. I need, we need medical. And he's Joe, like, Joe calls no. him on a giant walkie talkie. Yeah. Oh, he does? Yeah, he calls him. Oh, he says, well. you can come up now. Was there any bit of you guys no. that thought that Juliet Lewis might die and the baby live? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think she should have. I mean, she had her stomach cut open and a baby removed in a dirty hotel <laughs> by, yeah. a, by a guy who was being shot at the whole time. Can I, we talk about the old guys now? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. Talk, let's let's what's, let the what's Blue the Plate name? special go. <laughs> Who's your guy again? What's his name? Fredo? Ab Abner. Fredo. He's... <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to, he's not going to throw a ring in a volcano. <laughs> uh, no, Fredo, Fredo's godfather. Frodo. I, I was thinking Frodo. <laughs> but Abner and his boys, <laughs> the Abner bunch, coming out, guns a-blazing. I'm like, oh, these guys are dead. <laughs> oh, bad for one of them. One of them got killed by getting shot with a shotgun right in the crotch. <laughs> it was pretty humorous there. My favorite, my favorite yeah. though, was the guy that was waiting and then like they shot a bunch and then there was like a pause and he's like oh it's probably safe now and then he just gets <laughs> drilled like 30 bullets i'm like really you thought it was safe <laughs> jack did you count how many old guys were there in that guy? like there was more than five but there was probably less than 10 like <laughs> it looked like payday at the social security office let me tell you <laughs> they were uh there was a lot of them uh but um i did i thought it was funny again abner was absolutely pointless in this movie yeah. i'll i will admit you could have taken him out and uh now this movie is right at two hours so if it went like mm. 45 seconds longer i would have been crabby but uh abner uh i love the bit where he was like i'm dying joe yeah i'm dying and he joe keeps trying to leave he's like joe remember when <laughs> i'm dying <laughs> he's like joe can i be alone <laughs> That scene was great. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was so stupid. I don't know why. I think because it was it. That was a pointless scene that I felt was worth it because it was so stupid that yeah. uh, I I gave it a pass. I don't really know. Oh, the, another line I liked. Uh, There's always free cheese in a mouse trap. I thought that was a good. <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah. Uh, good. <laughs> um, but this again, I think once the action started, this was a fun movie. As far as like the, gun, I thought this was a great gunfight scene. Yeah. Uh, it's. You know, I, I think rea in reality, if there was 400 old men <laughs> shooting at you, you probably would just be overwhelmed rather quickly. But uh, I still just said, ah, it's still fun to watch this this fight happen. I, I felt like this movie was a lot like how I watch Rocky Four. I just fast forward to the, like, the, the boxing scenes <laughs> and the running on the beach scene. Um, 
but like <laughs> and then actually, rewind them running down the beach <laughs> actually that's not Rocky Four. Rocky Four is the training montages there's like three yeah. training montages but yeah, that's, that's how fun I was in the snow right like yeah uh, working out old-fashioned versus uh Drago yeah. with the and then machinery. he's scenery then he's driving really fast there's no easy way out this was yeah. like uh way of the gun you just fast forward to the shootouts I think is the right way to watch this movie I think looking back, and, and this will be, I guess, my final thoughts on it. Um, <laughs> I think looking back, I love the idea of this movie. Okay. I love, I love the premise. I love the the. I love that what I think I love what they tried to accomplish, like a witty, lots of cool one liners, uh, crime kind of thing. Watching it back, it was very stiff. It was very robotic. A lot of the dialogue felt very shoehorned in and forced in. Uh, and a lot of stuff just didn't matter. So it, I, <laughs> I, I hate saying this because I love this movie. But uh, I don't know if I, I think as a young, as a youth, it was fun. But as yeah. an adult, I look back and go, this was, I see why it didn't have the rating. That, uh, it, happen it happens, Jack. I, I, re I picked uh, Can't Buy Me Love, so. <laughs> so uh I'm not good going back to it can't find me love no good give it a give it a watch nah. <laughs> i you know, felt this movie just tried to do a little bit too much too many mm -hmm. twists that were kind of meaningless there was no good kind of like theme's not the right word but like like i said I, I was thrown off by the music and then the beginning with like the weird like cool in your face language but then that kind of fades and i honestly think it will never happen, but I would like to see, this would be one of the movies that would actually have a better sequel than the original because you could focus on the relationship between those two. Those two needed to be the star, the stars and they got muddled out throughout like the whole middle of the movie. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And uh, it had so much potential. I, I, I want to say to Andy, I'll let you, you, cause you actually know how to make a movie, but um, I, I, I don't want to overstep my fancy, but I think something missed too is it didn't really have like the acts. Like it didn't feel like there was a, you know, first, second, and third act. It just kind of felt like a bunch of stuff happening until we get to the end. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that's correct. I think maybe it'd be interesting to see if somebody could edit this and actually like make something different out of it. But, but I but appreciate I, what they tried, right? Yeah. I know I made fun of the slow chasing. It was kind of <laughs> unique, though. But yeah, you know, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I mean, eating shrimp and making out, that's a great part. <laughs> Getting shot in the balls at the end. That's a great part. I'm so yeah. glad you said that because I saw that. I intentionally left it out of my notes because like I want to see if someone calls this out. Because yeah, he shoots him right in the crotch yeah. with, the, with a shotgun. Yeah. I feel like even if I was in a fight for my life, if I if I did that, I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then I yeah. continue fighting. Ooh. I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. And then I'd keep fighting. I want to be that. I want to get that role in it. I mean, the guy's got no lines. He's in yeah. a gun. He's in a, a big gun shootout and he dies. by getting. You got to get 30 I mean, years that's older. A great, that's a great moment. So. <laughs> got to get 30 years older and you got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you get the senior discount, then we'll let you into the fight scene. That's the way it works. <laughs> um, so that does it for way of the gun. Now, before we go on to what our next movies are going to be, uh, Andy, this is the part where we do six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Can you yeah. connect one of these fellows to Kevin Bacon in six moves? I feel like I know exactly how it's going to go, but mm. let's do it. Do yeah. Uh, well, we did the same actress a couple uh, weeks ago, but I'm going to do Juliette Lewis, but I'm going to switch it up. Juliette Lewis was in a movie that I really enjoyed called California with Brad Pitt. Spell with a K, right? Yeah. There we. There and we Jack, go. what movie was Brad Pitt in with? Interview with a vampire. <laughs> Sleepers <laughs> with Kevin Bacon. There we go. I bet you probably could have connected like four people in this movie. Yeah, James Caan, you know, you could definitely use uh, him as well. Benicio Del Toro as well. Um, you could connect. Brian uh, Phillippe was in Footloose. No. Yeah. And, well, I was going to say, actually, I was, I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he was like six. Um, but uh, that that does it for the show. Our next episode is going to be we go to 2001 for Training Day, uh, and then we go to 2002 for Scorpion King, nice. and then we go to 2003 for Mystic River. So, <laughs> quite, quite the roller coaster of That's, movies yeah, we're about to go crazy. through. Uh, very different tones in this yeah. one. So it'll be fun to see that that, that those changes. I have a feeling this is going to be one of our lowest rated episodes. <laughs> no, I, I, I think the episode was great. In, in the trailer, we should have just reviewed the trailer. 
No, I think the mood, I think the episode is great. I just don't think oh, yeah. gonna watch this one. So I think everyone's gonna go, like Chris said, I don't know if I've seen this movie. It's very forgettable. It's very, yeah. I, again, I love this movie, and even I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so, in any case, that does it for us. Uh, I'm Jack Farmer. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Andy, where can the world find you? You can find me at Just Andy Rossi. Now, Chris, you're not a social media maven like uh, Andy Rossi and I are, but uh, no, but you can find me. Uh, you can find me maybe one day. My goal is to be a famous extra. So, like, in all movies, it'd be like a Where's Waldo, but with me, and I'll just it'd be like a, like a whole big thing where you got to say, "Hey, what's Christopher B doing?" You know, it's a great maybe idea. Maybe I slip on a banana peel. Maybe uh, I get shot yeah. in the crotch. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey one, guys, I want to thank you for having me out. Oh, absolutely. It was great having you. Hey, one can dream. One day. I, I believe you'll get shot in the cross one day. <laughs> uh, it's not I think that uh, But that does it for us for this week. Uh, and we will see you all next year. 